Welcome to the Addiction in Emergency Medicine and Acute Care podcast. Why does this topic matter? One person in the United States dies from a drug overdose every six minutes. We as healthcare providers must do better to treat addiction, prevent overdoses, and improve the lives of our patients and their families. This podcast is designed to provide you with simple and evidence-based information on substance use disorders that you can use to take better care of your patients on your next shift. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Addiction in Emergency Medicine and Acute Care. This is Dr. Casey Grover back again as your host. Today's episode is on the topic of using biomarkers to quantify problematic alcohol use. And I'd like to give a bit of context on why we're doing this episode. I am currently studying for my boards in addiction medicine. I'll be taking my board exam in just under a month. Good luck to anyone else who is also studying for the addiction medicine boards and taking them soon as well. We covered this topic on episode 27 of this podcast in which we asked the question, can you diagnose an alcohol use disorder based on lab tests? In that episode, we reviewed a few lab tests, including carbohydrate-deficient transferrin, also known as CDT, GGT, AST, ALT, and MCV. And as I have been studying for my addiction medicine board exam, it turns out that there are a lot more tests out there that can be used when evaluating people with alcohol use to assess the level of their drinking. And considering that I just came off of a string of evening shifts in the emergency department, during which I cared for multiple patients with alcohol use disorder, and national data shows that alcohol-related emergency department visits and admissions are on the rise, I figured now was as good a time as any to review using laboratory studies to assess alcohol use. So, with that, let's get started on this episode. The paper that we will be reviewing for this topic is entitled, Using Biomarkers to Quantify Problematic Alcohol Use. It's published in the Journal of Family Practice in 2021, and the lead author is Raul Chaudhari. The authors begin by highlighting some background information about alcohol. We on this podcast are becoming experts on alcohol use and alcohol use disorder, but a little review never hurt anybody, so we'll go through the introduction section. The authors begin with some background statistics and definitions. One in 12 Americans have an active alcohol use disorder, and one in 10 children live in a home with a parent who has a drinking problem. Needless to say, alcohol use and alcohol use disorders are common and pervasive in America. Unhealthful levels of alcohol consumption include more than four drinks a day or more than 14 drinks per week for men, and more than three drinks a day, or more than seven drinks per week for women. And a standard drink is 12 ounces of 5% beer, 5 ounces of 12% wine, or 
one and a half ounces of 40% spirits. And the percentage refers to the percentage of the drink that is alcohol by volume. As a result of the stress and societal upheaval of COVID-19, alcohol consumption has increased in the United States and alcohol use disorders are more prevalent in the United States as well. The authors conclude the introduction section with a review of alcohol metabolism as the background information on metabolism will help us to understand the various biomarkers. To begin, the stomach and small intestine are the primary sites for alcohol absorption. In terms of alcohol metabolism, there are three pathways. First, oxidative metabolism. This pathway accounts for 95% of how the body metabolizes alcohol. Alcohol is primarily broken down via the enzyme alcohol dehydrogenase, with some other metabolism occurring via cytochrome P450-2E1 and an additional enzyme called catalase. Second, elimination via urine, sweat, and breath. About 2 to 5% of alcohol is eliminated unchanged via urine, sweat, and breathing. And third, non-oxidative metabolism. This only accounts for about 0.1% of alcohol metabolism and the metabolic pathways produce some of the biomarkers that we'll be discussing on this episode, including ethyl glucuronide, ethyl sulfate, and others. The authors move on to the main part of the paper, which is a discussion of using biomarkers to assess alcohol use. They start with indirect biomarkers, and these, for review, are the tests we covered in episode 27 of this podcast. Indirect biomarkers are tests that change as a result of the effects of alcohol on the body, rather than detecting alcohol or alcohol metabolites directly. Examples of indirect biomarkers include AST, ALT, GGT, MCV, and CDT, and we'll go through them one by one. We'll start with liver enzymes. The liver enzymes that may be affected by alcohol use include AST, ALT, and GGT. AST and ALT are notably also present in the heart, muscle, and kidneys. GGT, AST, and ALT may be elevated in any liver condition, not just from alcohol consumption. Traditional teaching is that AST elevates more than ALT in heavy alcohol use. Unfortunately, these tests are not specific to alcohol use, so an elevation of these enzymes is not diagnostic of alcohol use. GGT elevation has a sensitivity of 40 to 70% and a specificity of 65 to 85% for heavy alcohol use. Once the level is elevated and alcohol use is stopped, it will return to normal over two to six weeks. AST elevation has a sensitivity of 50 to 70% and a specificity of 80 to 95% for heavy alcohol use. Once the level is elevated and alcohol use is stopped, it will return to normal over one week. And ALT elevation has a sensitivity of 30 to 50% and a specificity of 85 to 90% 
for heavy alcohol use. Once the level is elevated and alcohol use is stopped, it will return to normal over one week. Moving on to MCV, also known as mean corpuscular volume. MCV measures the average volume of erythrocytes and heavy alcohol intake results in an elevation of the MCV. Like liver enzymes, many different illnesses besides heavy alcohol use can cause an elevation of the MCV. MCV elevation has a sensitivity of 40 to 50% and a specificity of 80 to 90% for heavy alcohol use. MCV is slow to return to normal as red blood cells live for about 120 days. Once the MCV is elevated and alcohol use is stopped, it will return to normal in about 40 to 120 days. Moving on, we have CDT, also known as carbohydrate-deficient transferrin. Transferrin is a protein produced in the liver. As alcohol intake rises, the percentage of carbohydrate-deficient transferrin increases. It takes, on average, alcohol consumption of more than 40 grams of alcohol per day for more than two weeks to cause the percent CDT to increase. As a brief reminder, one standard drink is 14 grams of alcohol, so 40 grams is a little under three drinks per day. CDT, however, may be elevated with other liver diseases besides alcohol use and can be affected by body mass index, age, and tobacco use. It is apparently most accurate when testing for alcohol use in middle-aged men. CDT has a sensitivity of 60 to 85% and a specificity of 92 to 98% for heavy alcohol use. Once CDT is elevated and alcohol use is stopped, the level will go down over two to four weeks. Okay, wrapping up the section on indirect biomarkers. This information is very similar to what we discussed in episode 27. These tests are helpful when assessing alcohol use, but not perfect. The authors then move on to discuss direct biomarkers, and we will go through them one by one as well. Let's start with ethanol. Ethanol can be measured in blood, urine, and the breath. The window for detecting alcohol depends on the level consumed. Alcohol is metabolized at a fixed rate of between, depending on how much a person drinks, 20 and 30 milligrams per deciliter per hour. As such, if a person has an alcohol level of 60 milligrams per deciliter, that's often referred to as 0.06, it will take two to three hours to metabolize the alcohol and therefore alcohol can only be detected for two to three hours after the last drink. If the alcohol level is 240 milligrams per deciliter, often referred to as 0.24, it will take eight to 12 hours to metabolize the alcohol and the alcohol can therefore be detected for eight to 12 hours after the last drink. Checking a serum alcohol level is a marker of acute use, but not chronic use. And the authors note that any of the following findings when an alcohol level is checked are strongly suggestive of an alcohol use disorder. An alcohol level over 300 milligrams per deciliter, 
an alcohol level over 150 milligrams per deciliter without evidence of intoxication, and an alcohol level over 100 milligrams per deciliter detected on routine labs when an alcohol level was not expected to be detectable. It's important to note that a serum alcohol level is 100% sensitive and 100% specific for acute alcohol consumption. And for us in the emergency department and acute care setting, we most often check blood alcohol levels, though some emergency departments may have breathalyzers. Moving on. Next, we have ethyl glucuronide, which is often abbreviated as ETG, capital E, lowercase t, capital G. Ethyl glucuronide is a metabolite of alcohol from the non-oxidative metabolic pathway. It is generated by metabolism of alcohol by the enzyme uridine diphosphate glucuronosyl transferase. It can be detected in urine for up to 24 hours after one to two drinks and up to five or even more days after heavy consumption. Because it can be detected days after consumption, it is often used to monitor for alcohol use in those who present sober and say they are abstinent, but alcohol use recently is suspected. ETG has a sensitivity of 60 to 90% and a specificity of 88 to 98% for recent alcohol use. After alcohol use is stopped, levels in the urine will return to zero by up to seven days after the last use. The heavier the consumption, the longer it is detectable in urine. And one other note, a UTI can cause a false positive. Next, we have ethyl sulfate, and this is often abbreviated as ETS, capital E, lowercase t, capital S. Ethyl sulfate is a metabolite of alcohol from the non-oxidative metabolic pathway. It is generated by metabolism of alcohol by the enzyme uridine diphosphate sulfotransferase. It can be detected in urine up to five days after drinking and is most sensitive in the case of heavy drinking. ETS has a sensitivity of 70 to 90% and a specificity of 80 to 93% for recent alcohol use. After alcohol use is stopped, levels in the urine will return to zero by up to five days after the last use. And again, the heavier the consumption, the longer it is detectable in urine. And this is not affected by the presence of a UTI. Before we wrap up on ethyl glucuronide and ethyl sulfate, the authors make two more points about them. First, there can be some false positives with ethyl glucuronide, which include use of ethanol-based hand sanitizers more than 20 times per day, consumption of pralines, consumption of non-alcoholic beer, and the consumption of some fruit juices. However, these are only likely to cause small elevations, producing levels less than 500 nanograms per milliliter. Heavy recent alcohol use usually causes much higher elevations, such as more than 1,000 nanograms per milliliter. Second, in general, ethyl glucuronide is the more commonly ordered test as compared to ethyl sulfate, as apparently ethyl glucuronide assays are easier to perform. However, Ordering both tests together and reviewing the results together 
provides a greater sensitivity and specificity for recent heavy alcohol use than either test alone, particularly since ethyl sulfate has a much lower false positive rate. Moving on. Next, we have fatty acid ethyl esters, abbreviated as F-A-E-E-S, capital F-A-E-E, lowercase s. Fatty acid ethyl esters are a combination of different esters and products of non-oxidative alcohol metabolism. They can be detected in blood and can be used to differentiate chronic alcohol consumption from binge drinking, though the authors don't specify in the article how this actually works. Fatty acid ethyl esters can also be detected in meconium to test for fetal alcohol exposure. Fatty acid ethyl esters have a sensitivity of over 75% and a specificity of over 75% to detect recent alcohol use. Once elevated and alcohol use is stopped, levels can be detected in blood for 24 hours after the last drink and up to 99 hours after the last drink in heavy drinkers. All right, last one, phosphatidylethanol, abbreviated as P-E-T-H, capital P, capital E, lowercase t, lowercase h. Phosphatidylethanol is a phospholipid found in erythrocyte membranes and is formed when there is an interaction between ethanol and phosphatidylcholine. Phosphatidylethanol is not broken down by erythrocytes and has a half-life of 4 to 10 days, which allows for the detection of alcohol use within the past 3 to 4 weeks and it is only formed in the presence of alcohol, so it is 100% specific. It also turns out that there is a correlation between the amount of alcohol consumed and the level of phosphatidylethanol elevation. Phosphatidylethanol has a sensitivity of 95% and a specificity of 100% in detecting recent alcohol use. Once phosphatidylethanol is elevated and when alcohol use stops, levels will return to zero over three to four weeks. The authors also provide some useful information about how to interpret the test here. As mentioned, the higher the level of alcohol consumption, the higher the phosphatidylethanol level that will be detected. According to the World Health Organization, levels below 40 nanograms per deciliter for men and below 20 nanograms per deciliter for women are consistent with acceptable social alcohol use. Levels greater than 60 nanograms per deciliter indicate heavy alcohol use. The authors add some additional values with this test worth noting. Levels of phosphatidylethanol less than 20 nanograms per deciliter indicate light drinking or abstinence. They define light drinking as less than two drinks per day, a few days per week. Levels of phosphatidylethanol greater than 200 nanograms per deciliter indicate heavy alcohol use, which the authors define as greater than four drinks per day, most days per week, or every day. And that is the end of the paper. However, I had one other question. I wanted to know how long do these tests take to come back after they are ordered? For liver function tests and MCV, 
We're pretty familiar with these in the emergency department and acute care setting as they are commonly used tests. At my hospital, they generally come back within about 60 to 90 minutes after I order them. Now, for percent carbohydrate deficient transferrin, this is not available at my hospital and I had to do a little research online. I found one lab online that promises a four to five day turnaround time. So it's likely gonna be a send out at your hospital. As far as an alcohol level, we all use this commonly and it comes back relatively quickly. At my hospital, it comes back in about 60 to 90 minutes. Urine ethyl glucuronide and ethyl sulfate at my hospital are also send out labs. And my lab director told me that they take about three days to get a result back. For phosphatidylethanol, according to the authors of this paper, it takes about five to 10 days for a result. So once again, this is also likely a send out. Okay, let's wrap this episode up with some take home points. Number one, there are many tests that can be done to test for recent alcohol use. Indirect markers of alcohol use measure the effect of alcohol on the body, such as liver function tests, while direct markers of alcohol use detect metabolites of alcohol. Number two, indirect markers of alcohol use, such as MCV and LFTs, have moderate sensitivity and specificity for alcohol use. They may be falsely elevated by other diseases or conditions than alcohol use. They can be helpful in your overall assessment of your patient and her or his alcohol use, but should not be used as isolated tests to rule in or rule out alcohol use. They, however, can be helpful in demonstrating and detecting the level of organ damage that a patient has sustained from alcohol use. Number three, a serum alcohol level is 100% sensitive and 100% specific for acute alcohol use, but is not helpful for recent or chronic alcohol use. Number four, ethyl glucuronide is a metabolite of alcohol that can be detected in urine up to seven days after recent drinking. Because it can be detected days after consumption, it is often used to monitor for alcohol use in those who present sober and say they are abstinent, but recent alcohol use is suspected. Number five, ethyl sulfate is a metabolite of alcohol that can be detected in urine up to five days after recent drinking. It is often ordered along with ethyl glucuronide as performing both tests together provides a higher sensitivity and specificity for detecting recent alcohol use than either test alone. And number six, phosphatidylethanol is a blood test that measures the level of a phospholipid, which is produced after recent alcohol consumption. It is highly sensitive and specific for recent alcohol use and can be helpful in determining how much alcohol a person has been consuming in the three to four weeks prior to testing, including to evaluate for heavy or high-risk drinking. And that is a wrap. That's all we've got for this episode. Thank you so much for listening and for what you do. And don't forget, treating substance use disorders saves lives.